Hello, welcome to Affable Chat. My name's Benjamin, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Joey. Hey, how's it going? And today we're going to be talking about the movie Shrek 2. Enough, Reggie. That's right. It is a fairy tale directed by Andrew Adamson. The cast includes uh, such notable names as Fat Bastard, Mushu, Zorro, Cameron D, Julie Andrews, Jennifer Saunders, and more. I watched it on YouTube. Joey, how did you watch it? I watched it through Amazon Video. Excellent. So, but we discussed this in our last episode and how we were going to approach Shrek 2. We decided we were going to do an episode about Shrek 2, but we didn't want to completely skip over Shrek 1. Uh, And we definitely didn't want to do two episodes about Shrek. (laughs) So, uh, we're going to briefly have a discussion about Shrek 1 before we dive into Shrek 2, uh, carrying on with our usual format. So, uh, I rewatched Shrek 1 before watching Shrek 2 here, and I actually was kind of uh, impressed. I remember liking Shrek 1, but when it came out, I was a kid. So, I feel like the bar wasn't very high. But even as an adult, I thought this movie was uh great yeah i i i agree in general with that i think it's a um it's definitely like a, a stands out in, our, in my memory as like a interesting and fun movie i mean this movie won an oscar shrek won won the first ever uh animated film oscar in 2001 holy so, cow yeah award-winning shrek won and it i mean it, it is good i think there's a lot of stuff that does really well I think um, like the characters are really interesting. They're like unique and, and different, and there's like a lot of like dynamic stuff with that. Uh, I think that the uh, the soundtrack, of course, is incredible. So and, like, good. And the story is like it's familiar, but it's also different. You know, it, it's got this nice little twist to it, which is um, pretty satisfying. I think. Yeah. No, I, I feel like the message that they're like it's first off, both of these movies are tight. Uh, they're not too long, like about an hour and a half each. Yeah. Uh, and they, they kind of, they stay focused on, you know, central characters, a central kind of theme. Um, and, and I think that for a kid's movie, it shoots pretty high. I think that there's a lot, they could have gotten through this whole movie just being silly the entire time and with like a, you know, whatever kind of a throwaway plot. But they, they reach higher than that, uh, which I th- which is why I continue to enjoy this even in my uh, young adult years just as I did in my youth. Why do you say that? What, what, yeah, why, why does it fall into that category for you? Well, I guess just to make it a, a movie that can be a hit for kids, but can also put enough effort in so that a, a te- someone with some intelligence could uh, have something to laugh at, something to enjoy. Uh, there's a whole bunch of pop culture references in here. Uh, and just... I don't know, clever comedy. In fact, Shrek 1 surprised me with how far they were willing to go for comedy because there's a, yeah, there's a scene where Lord Farquaad is laying on his bed and the he's got obviously oh the, the mirror there. Do you know what I'm about to bring up? Yes. I couldn't believe this. I had to rewind it. He's sitting there and he's like, show me her again, mirror, right? And, he bring, and the mirror... First off, the mirror like grimaces as it like disappears and brings up this image of Fiona. And then very, very clearly Farquaad like looks underneath the blanket, at, like clearly looking at his own like private parts. <laughs> and like then it cuts away, dude. Like Farquaad was the first guy in like th- this fairy tale world to like 
watch porn (laughs) essentially i mean he wasn't being shown porn but he was enjoying the uh the luxuries of the 21st century right there with his magic mirror magic mirror so much magic i couldn't believe it i couldn't like this movie has a lot of jokes that are for adults but that was the one that i was like dang yeah that was something that totally like washed over me when i was a kid like yeah i definitely yeah i don't know like i think the least interesting thing about this movie is its genre. Like, much like Shrek, the film is an oxymoron. It's just it's a classic anti fairy tale, and I think the formula like that Shrek follows is really simple. It's just you know, hey, remember this familiar thing? Now we'll do the opposite of that. You have a charming hero who everyone loves and really handsome. He's an ogre. Ah, you know, like look, we're so different. It's I don't know like. Maybe I'm just tired of the whole subversion thing, like, oh, everything has to be subverted or anything. And then this movie does, it, like, that's its whole premise, I guess. But I think that's literally the least interesting thing. The thing that makes it cool and the thing that makes it memorable is, like, Shrek as a character, as Donkey and Fiona, and, like, their whole predicament and everything. You know, that story is original and different, but it's set on this kind of very familiar, very tired setting that even when you're doing a subversion of it, it still feels tired and familiar. So I, I may be coming from this from a different angle because I feel like a lot of animated films since Shrek have tried to uh, copy the formula, but it's been it's been done already. Uh, like Shrek is counterculture, right? It is, like you said, it's not Prince Charming, the main character. It's this ugly green ogre. And, and I'll get further into that later on, but uh, I, I think that they deliver on the promise. You see a, you see the trailer for Shrek. You've got this, wow, wait, it's a fairy tale, but it's about an ogre? What's that about? And that's <laughs> enough to get you into the theater, and then they could just serve you a steaming pot of nothing. Yeah. Because it, 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 they've got you already. You bought the movie ticket. But in my opinion, Shrek 1 delivers on that promise by giving us interesting, memorable characters. And yes, they do have a lot of these crazy, uh, you know, subversions of medieval tropes and fairy tale tropes and all that stuff, which I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, Mix in with (laughs) impossibly uh, recent pop culture references that nobody, (laughs) nobody, they can't, they don't make sense in the context because it's like that wasn't invented or that doesn't make any sense right but uh but it's obviously for comedy it's for the audience and uh so in my opinion i think that they succeed on that promise of subversion um yeah i i think there is some success to that especially since the like the whole thing delivers just like you're saying i just don't think it's like that's not the selling point for me anymore you know it's it's like this is a good movie it's not like oh this is a like you like fairy tales how about this you know just, you know <laughs> serving a, a big old plate of you know yeah. fairy tale fanboys will hate this oh uh, yeah you know? <laughs> this this simple trick <laughs> yeah i don't know like honestly i think that, like i call this movie like an antonym in a way like it's more similar to the thing it's making fun of than it is different and i think that kind of plays against it in a way at, at least for me that's the, something that I've, I, that's the weakest part. I, I like this because you, you and I are going to disagree on this for this whole episode because I, I think it's done masterfully. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed uh, Shrek 1. And honestly, before getting too much into Shrek 2, I, I think that Shrek 1 is the better of the two movies for me. Uh, it's very concise. You know, it's very, it's original. I feel like they do a good balance of having the nonsense and the, the comedy mixed in with the uh, the message that they're trying to like set, like, 
send you home with, mm. which is don't judge things by their appearance and uh you know kind of you don't have to stick to this uh societal standard of beauty uh, which yeah. i think is a good positive uh message uh it's funny has a tight ending too like a, they kind of tie up all the uh, loose ends at the end uh so all together just a solid film shrek one i uh i think shrek 2 like delivers more on this idea i think it builds so well on this world that they've already established and does it in a way that's more interesting than the first one does and i think and i also think the villains in the two are much better and much more interesting so for me i think shrek 2 kind of ticks the cake on this one okay cool well, we're, we're about to get into it. any more comments on shrek one no let's move on <laughs> okay so um so lead us off here give us the, our synopsis for Shrek. yeah in 2. case you haven't seen shrek 2 in a while we'll, we'll tell you all about what happens in this movie here we go it's very simple a man meets his wife's parents for the first time that's Shrek 2, and uh, <laughs> that's one of the things that I like about Shrek 2, actually, is it's such a logical sequel. The premise is so logical after the, the events of Shrek 1, yeah. um, because obviously they just got married, and Fiona is a princess. Now it's time to meet the king and queen. Yeah, which is like, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> they, Shrek and Fiona moved pretty quick, you know? They had their first kiss, immediately got married. When on the honeymoon, then they meet the parents. Like that's not normally how this works, but whatever. Right. I was thinking about that. Like the parents found out she got married, but they weren't there at the wedding. Yeah. How did they? (laughs) I don't know. The the communication network in Shrek is pretty pretty solid. That guy goes all the way to the swamp. He knows exactly where to go. That's true. Yeah. GPS acquired. Does uh does Shrek have a mailbox? Nah, he has all those signs that keep out. He doesn't want any mail. That's true. Yeah, I I love the uh, as Shrek calls them. Uh, what was his name? Sergeant Pompous and the Fancy Pants Club Band. That was the like the music that they play. It's so funny, dude. Uh, that's good. It's really good. I like those guys. Those guys were real professional. I well, I that's one of my favorite things about Shrek is they uh, how much they poke fun at like the how pompous some of these medieval uh royalty like how much how pompous medieval royalty is where they think they're so special but it's so uh easy to make it look ridiculous yeah well i mean it's it's a clear stand-in for like hollywood culture you know i mean far far away is very much hollywood they have the sign and like the boulevard and all the shops and everything so yeah i i think that's i think that's why i like shrek 2 more is it's kind of it has more room to play in a way it says like oh it's not just like fairy tales you know it's it's the whole hollywood culture it's the whole like exactly what you're saying like this whole pompous attitude of thinking you're better than everybody else but you know someone comes in and he's out from out of town and he kind of shakes things up a bit yeah no and and that is one thing that i noticed like shrek 2 it's it's almost like they realized what worked in shrek 1 and it's like they felt they had the freedom to not to explore new territory but also to double down on the things that they really liked you know to yeah um like great still great medieval humor um a lot of tasteful easter eggs way more than the first movie um you know we can continue to enjoy and explore the characters we already know while being introduced to some stellar extra characters oh yeah like they they just um they just didn't miss with the new ones um and still including these positive messages about image and and love and accepting others uh also continues the trend of having an amazing soundtrack 
and Mm -hmm. continues the trend of being a tight hour and 30 minutes i think this one is an hour and 33 minute runtime which is pretty short like you you honestly that you're in and out with this movie yeah but it doesn't it doesn't feel short it feels like a whole thing you know like there's a lot of stuff that happens and i was thinking back on like preparing for watching and i was like is this the one where they go to the factory yeah this is you don't know if you remember any of that like if you haven't seen the movie in a while but they go to the fairy godmother factory with the spells and everything love that okay. whole sequence yeah and and as an adult now I, that makes way more sense because <laughs> before i didn't really understand how shrek got in there because he kind of just walks mm. in even though the guy is like you know the fairy god of mother is not seeing anyone right now you know and and even though he hears uh yeah, her yeah, through yeah. the speakerphone but he's like he says they're from the union oh, <laughs> that was brilliant <laughs> that was so funny but he's like we don't even have dental <laughs> Uh, I wonder if that's because they're birds. Oh, wait, they're not, they're not birds. They're uh, they're elves. Yeah, but they got turned into birds. Yeah, but they didn't have dental before they were birds. True. I guess I guess it maybe that they didn't seem too uh, torn up about becoming birds. They continued working after, so Definitely. maybe they were just taking full advantage of not having dental at that point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I think uh, every, I agree with everything you just said. I think the, uh, the the thing that really carries this movie, just like the first one, is the characters. You know, and, and it does exactly what you want from a sequel, which is build, like, you already have Shrek, you already have Donkey and Fiona, you don't have to establish them anymore. There is some more, like, building with their characters and, like, adding in backstory for Fiona and stuff. But then you get room to add new people, Prince Charming, Fairy Godmother, and, of course, Puss in Boots. You know, these are, these are characters that are just as memorable, memorable as the first three, um, and the sequel just kind of uh, naturally leads them in, which is really nice. Good to right. see. Well, yeah, and it's like, for Shrek, this doesn't, it doesn't feel like this is one of those sequels where they were like, oh, we made so much money on the first one, you have to make another one, right? Like, the, it's, it's almost like, how did they not have Prince Charming in the first Shrek? Mm. How did they not have a fairy godmother in the first Shrek, right? Like, it's, uh, it, it, it just, there was more to this idea. It was deserving of a sequel, and, uh, that, and, and that's why I think Shrek 2 is so celebrated, because it, it isn't what you see a lot of times now, which is more of just a cash grab. It yeah. was like Shrek 1 was just a taste, just scratching the surface on, what, on what's possible with this. Um, but yeah, definitely. I, I, honestly, I had, I had a tough time coming up with any real cons for this, uh, for Shrek 2. Okay. But uh, w- what were yours? Okay, so first, I, I kind of disagree with the references, personally. I think that this, this dates this movie pretty solidly. There's a lot of stuff in here that I'm like, I mean, it's stuff that goes over my head, but also stuff that's just like, like, oh, you know, like the whole Starbucks joke thing. Like, I guess that's still that's relevant. so relevant oh my I guess gosh. you mean, I don't know you mean far bucks dude i died i and I, I didn't realize that starbucks was this big back in 2004 when uh because when mongo is tearing through the streets and he pulls yeah. the starbucks cup off the top of that starbucks you see a like a bunch of people run out of the starbucks into the starbucks across the street that's hilarious that it is, is funny but it's still like starbucks. i don't know there's there's a lot of stuff in here that just kind of dates this movie to to make Make it like a very much a 2000s movie and Did you notice that um when they were going through all the fairy tales that uh don't have ogres in them the last one that she pulls off the shelf is pretty woman yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> i didn't i wouldn't yeah. have got that before pretty woman's classic um cinderella story um yeah i, I don't know the, the the humor in this movie is like i feel like it's either there's like a big gap okay there's like either you're a kid or you or you get the reference like 
there, there's not a lot of just like solid jokes. There are some good ones. The Union one is funny. I do kind of like the Starbucks one. No, there, there are some stuff. I, I did laugh at this movie, but it's there's like a big gap there. I think this is like the start of that kind of trend of making like having these jokes that are just like there's one section of the movie that's just for adults, and then the next section is just for kids. You know, and it's like you, I you can't that, do both though. at all. You know, like the the, the the example of course you're gonna bring up is like it's like Pixar. Pixar does such a good job of making it accessible to everyone. The kids' jokes are funny to the adults. The adult jokes are are maybe the kid goes over the kids' heads, but they can appreciate them later. Like it's it's not like just crude humor. It's not Lord Lord Farquaad with his hand in his pants in bed. You know, it's it's more right. than that. Well, because, yeah, I, I get that, where it's like they go so far towards the adult side where yeah. it's almost, um, it kind of breaks the fourth wall in the sense where they're like, hey, we get that you're an adult watching a kid's movie, right? Like, it, it's, it, it almost, uh, I can't think of a really great example right now, but, like, it kind of breaks the, uh, uh, the illusion. Immersion. Yeah, yeah, immersion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I get that. I think it's a valid criticism. I also don't think this movie has that much to say in the end. You know, like, I more this one is more interesting than the first one but the sec but truck two is like the whole ethical dilemma between like fiona and shrek trying to decide whether they should stay in their new bodies or not i think that's the most interesting thing and that's resolved in literally 12 seconds like <laughs> that the um uh you know, the whole that whole like debacle and everything is kind of built on a sitcom level of misunderstanding so i don't know i don't think there's a lot of interesting concepts that they explore this movie not like existential things or even stuff about like what it means to be a, like someone in love you know i think shrek just kind of makes wild choices based on kind of his impulses and he's not he's not very responsible which makes him interesting but it also means that you're not able to put yourself in his place as often yeah i do, i i guess i felt like the message wasn't super clear from this movie mm. i had a great time but I wasn't really exactly sure what to take away from it. I got some positive vibes. I feel like overall is a good message, but I didn't think that the delivery was all that clear. Um, I do have a few nitpicks because um, even though I, I think that's my only real criticism, but uh, I also think first off, when when they escape from jail, when the when Shrek and the fairy tale creatures escape <laughs> that's from, a good part, yeah, they they. Uh, like it's kind of clever with they have Gingy standing next to uh like he's on the windowsill yep. and they're like you know he's next how to castle about, yeah how does perception work right Bigger exactly things are closer to me but the thing is they're like oh like it's so heavily guarded how are we gonna get in there to like stop the kiss but they have time to not only get to Drury Lane. But they fire up the oven and fill a huge order to build this gigantic living gingerbread man, and that's the fastest way to stop this kiss. Like, you'd think maybe that they would that kiss would happen, and they'd be halfway through like the first leg, right? So I thought that was. I mean, man, it's, the Muffin Man, dude, the Muffin Man. Can, maybe it is magic. Yeah, he maybe. is magic. He is the Muffin Man. Again, a nitpick, right? Uh, another one. <laughs> the Fairy Godmother. She's all powerful, dude. She should just make her own dreams come true like she goes she jumps through all these hoops to get charming to uh marry fiona but she i feel like she could have done a lot more to help her own cause she is helping her own cause she's building a dynasty she like oh man i love her and her whole thing and she like she literally controls the whole kingdom she's like the biggest businesswoman she has billboards all over her town she has like dirt on the king and can get him to do anything she wants 
So she's going to get her son into the, the throne room so that her like dynasty lives on forever. And of course, he's, I mean, Prince Charming's a stooge too. She's just manipulating him to, to get her own gain. So, you know, she's going to pass all sorts of laws that like keep her from having to give her employees like any sort of health benefit. It's not just dental. <laughs> fair enough you know you make a lot of good points and I, I i am a big fan of her character as well but i just think that she we saw the extent of her power she can literally vaporize people turn them into bubbles i think she could have done a little bit more to uh if she really wanted to get charming with fiona she leaves a little more to chance she like should have invented vr is that what you're saying maybe i don't know she could have you know what i'm saying she could she has spells that make people f- literally fall in love with each other she could have done something but uh again Big time nitpick. Um, also, speaking of Charming and his mother, Charming should have been way more torn up about his mother's death at the end of this movie. He sees uh, her- that, would have been, that would have been a real sour note. <laughs> it would have been. Especially because you don't really hate Charming. Like, the, he's kind of a, uh, he's a stooge for sure. Yeah. But, like, you, you can't help. Shrek does such a good job with, like, the uh, oblivious hunk that, like, you just can't help but love him. Yeah. And uh, But when his mom dies at the end, the, all you get from Charming is he, like, is trying to avoid getting kissed by the ugly stepsister. Yeah. Uh, so that's about it. it again, yeah, it would have been a downer, but if while we're nitpicking, well, while I'm nitpicking, I'm going to bring that up. Uh, but yeah, overall, I didn't have a whole lot to criticize about this because I felt like this, it didn't, this movie doesn't take itself that seriously. So you, you can't really, oh, ooh, that was unrealistic because it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a fairy tale. Yeah. And it, it does a good job with that. So. All right, all right, so let's move into our overall uh, section here. Yes. Okay. You want to start with this one? Uh, yeah. Well, just overall, it's kind of we've kind of said a little of this uh, already, but Shrek Two hits the ground running, picks up where Shrek One left off, uh, and just gets you right into it immediately. Especially because you do the honeymoon is kind of a chance to celebrate Shrek One. You're mm-hmm. like, look, we made this amazing movie. It was awesome. Have some fun, happy times before we get into the plot here and things stop. Also, <laughs> Shrek just the the whole time this whole movie uh shrek just wants to be at home by himself but all this stuff keeps happening to him which is forcing him to go elsewhere that's, the, that's the first movie too <laughs> no right right no that's what i'm saying like the first movie ends and he's supposed to go home right i guess yeah. now with his new wife but he can't even do that now he has to go on this other like adventure he just never it never stops for shrek nope. i think like his whole goal from the beginning was just to chill at home and he hasn't been able to do that uh, still throughout th- through this movie too although i feel like he starts to enjoy his time way a little bit yeah. more uh, but yeah it you know capitalizes on the things we love from the first one uh but it keeps it fresh with new characters taking it to a brand new location you know like yep. it would have sucked if we were like welcome to Dulot. you know now there's mm. a new king of Dulot or something like that yeah. Dulot had its time now we're on a far far away which which also very funny to yes. make far far away basically uh a real place yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and also <laughs> a real place um but yeah, and it, and it, it uh, for me, I, I know we have some somewhat of a disagreement here, but I feel like it does a good job of continuing to be for general audiences. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, it's simple enough story for kids to get on board, but engaging enough for adults to also feel included. Uh, and I, uh, I truly enjoyed it, especially being an adult this time, watching it for the first time as an adult. Yeah, I mean, I agree, and I I do think this movie is is pretty appealing to all audiences, which I think is almost to its detriment, which we'll get into in a minute. But it's um, yeah, it, it's it's fun, and 
Uh, exactly what you're saying. They, they build so well on all the stuff they've already established. And I've already touched on why I like all the new characters and everything. I mean, we could talk a little bit about Puss in Boots. And I mean, you got Antonio Banderas, literally Zorro, to play a little cat. <laughs> so. that, a little cat that is Zorro. <laughs> yeah, he's got the hats and the boots. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, that like Puss in Boots is like one of the most original and hilarious characters to ever come out of this. Or you know, and it's um, it's great. It, he really does a good job. And um, oh, yeah, I died, uh, dude. Puss in Boots is yeah. He was such a great inclusion, and I know that he was like heavy on the ads uh, when the movie when the trailers are first coming out for this. Like his his <laughs> uh his big old eyes and he like puts <laughs> he takes his hat off and like looks up at shrek and the way that that like he's such a um counter to donkey donkey's this annoying donkey's cute too don't get me wrong like they're definitely the uh the kind of uh, warm and fuzzy moments between shrek and donkey yeah. but with puss in boots he's so lovable all the time donkey's yeah genuinely annoying like he's there are times where shrek is getting frustrated and i'm getting just as frustrated because donkeys just won't shut up but puss in boots he he's such a better sidekick in the sense where he just like yeah. he knows how to get along with shrek like when shrek uh what shrek, shrek says some terrible pun about the oh, oh yeah let's, yeah, let's drop in for a spell and he's like get it spell and then freaking puss in boots is like oh <laughs> like he like laughs way too freaking hard like it, it just and antonio banderas just pulls it off it's so yeah, funny it is really funny he's good and yeah he's, i i like that whole thing like because at first donkey and, and puss don't like each other and at the end like they're starting to work together and get to get along so yeah it's it's good it's a it's a good dynamic and it it adds a lot to the movie yeah, I guess while we're talking about new characters, um, I want to give some appreciation to the fairy godmother, a little bit more appreciation to her, because um, such, I mean, like you said, she's such a powerful player in Far, Far Away. She She's pulling all the strings behind the scenes, but yeah. she's also, you know, despite being a fairy, she's also human, right? She's getting stressed out because she, she was expecting Charming to bring Fiona home, so her plan <laughs> is going, is going, isn't going according to plan, uh, and then it ruins her diet. Like, yeah. what's more relatable than that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was great she's always stress eating and she loves her son remember he was like i like across the scorching desert and 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 the blistering winds and she's like no no, no like calm down he crossed the bloody yeah. desert <laughs> i like that too she's I, great yeah, I, I like that whole scene just because it kind of hammers home this idea that charming's really entitled you know and she's like promised all this stuff for him and she does everything for him so yeah, I think it fits really nice. Yes, and I love how moment. Yeah, he and he's so vain and it just everything about like the the bu- like the buffoon slash hunk. Yeah. Uh like it's it's just so well done. Also, I like I, I just love in this we we talked about this this idea kind of of making fun of like the hollywood culture and Mm. these pompous and vain people and how easy it is to make them look stupid uh because the fairy godmother's song that she uh sings for fiona which is actually a bomb ass song yes and uh the fairy godmother she can sing dude she has the best songs in this movie that are sung by a character in this movie um But she's like bringing all the furniture to life and like giving her this like ridiculous dog and uh, promising all these things, you know, all these vain things. And like you can land a prince with a ton of cash, uh, yeah. but also the sexy chauffeur man boy, Kyle. 
Like, that's so over the top. Uh, yeah, but he's like, he's the only thing that's like real. Like, she, he drives the carriage. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a shirt that says Kyle. And rhinestones. <laughs> <laughs> he like, he like whip, he cracks the whip right along yeah. with it. In case oh. there's any doubt of who he was, yeah. He has to wear yeah. the shirt too. And, and, and he's kind of, he's like in there too. You're not sure if he's just part of the spell or not, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, so just like stuff like that is, um, those moments are like my favorite parts of Shrek where it's like, yeah. you, you don't get that. And, and, or at least I don't remember getting that in some of the other animated movies that I saw as a kid, which just masterfully executed sequences like that, that are kind of self-contained, uh, that really make you remember, oh yeah, this is freaking Shrek. This yeah, is why it, this movie is so This movie is like really well, like edited and directed. Like there's a lot of really cool transitions. There's a lot of like really good sequences and, and like musical numbers that just fit really well. And like, yeah, it's still playing with this like subversion trope, but it's doing it in a way that's um that you've never seen before and you can't you don't see it ever again. You know, I think it's really cool how they use like you know, well-known characters like Cinderella and, and Rapunzel, but they put them in the background. They're they're not there for, you know, they're not cameos or anything. They're just like, "Oh, look what the status we're dealing with here." In like a in an interesting way, you know, a creative way. So, I don't know. I think it like that whole idea of like the fairy tale and like Hollywood and stuff like fits together so well. And I think the movie does a really good job of exploiting that. Yeah. Yeah. Leaving the main fairy tale characters in the background. Um, like, like then the first Shrek, when we had Robin Hood show up and he was so ridiculous and over the top <laughs> of his French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, and then, but bringing some of the more minor characters to the forefront, um, like having, um, the fairy godmother, right? She's, yeah. she's not like a main character per se, or obviously Puss in Boots, a, which I guess was the main character of his own story, but I don't remember reading Puss in Boots or watching animated no, versions no. of Puss in Boots much as he's a just like, he's just a fun character in this story. And like, it's just, it's not that ridiculous to have a cat talking cat, you know, but he also happens to be an assassin. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's very much what a cat would be. <laughs> so yeah 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 all right um you want to move into the kind of the references area yes so um i i think that i I think i'm slowly realizing as we have this discussion that i was really impressed with some of these references just because i didn't realize they were there when Mm. i was younger watching this movie i thought i basically got it and i did right but uh, there's so much that i missed and some of this stuff i did see the first time but i think it's worth bringing up anyway so um first off I think it's really cool uh, when you can effectively reference your own thing. Um, there's a famously in uh, the life of Pablo, which is one of Kanye West's albums. Yeah, he samples. Oh, I'm sorry, not life of Pablo. It's Yeezus. Kanye samples himself from a different song on the same album, um, which is it's a thing in rap where you take a part of another song that you like and put it in your song and yeah. kind of remix it. He does that with a previous track on his own song, which is kind of ridiculous, but if you can pull it off, it's impressive. And, uh, this is sort of like that in the way that Shrek's this movie starts off the same way. The first one started off with reading a storybook, uh, mm. which, you know, it's subversion, but it's kind of, it, they change the subversion again. Cause in the first one, Shrek is reading a storybook and it's literally the story that is about to happen, but yeah. then he tears a page off and he's in an outhouse. It, but in, in this one, it's Prince Charming reading the story and then it's him living the story and narrating it as it's happening <laughs> before the subversion happens, which is when yeah. he pulls back the curtain and he sees the, the wolf, the big bad wolf reading pork illustrated. <laughs> And uh, and then you know now you you realize yep 
this is Shrek. Uh, which, by the way, when Prince Charming takes his helmet off, he's wearing a hairnet, which yes. is how he avoids having helmet hair. So, which is so fitting for his character yes. uh, to, to do that. So um, another one. This is 2004. Um, I know that Spider Man was early 2000s, but they had the upside down kiss from Spider Man yep. in this when Shrek gets tangled up in uh, mud on his face. I thought that was well executed, followed by a pretty gratuitous Lord of the Rings reference that says, oh my I God. love you. I didn't think that that, that, it, that one was quite as impressive. Um, but okay, continuing along, we get to Far, Far Away, and here's a couple of things that you see there. We saw Far Bucks, of course. Yep. Um, there's a versace store that's renamed to versarchery that took me a while to figure out i was like <laughs> what is versarchery what is that supposed to mean and right? then i was like oh versace i heard that before yeah there definitely would be a versace store in this you know in, in this level of a town did you uh, notice in the in the window it was like a w- william tell scenario there's like one of the mannequins had a, an apple on his head and then there were two archers pointing their arrows at him oh that's funny no i didn't notice that um uh, and then baskin robin hood uh was obviously baskin robin that's lazy as hell <laughs> especially because robin hood already exists in this universe yeah so it would be maybe maybe he's uh graduated from being a robin hood and now he's just a capitalist um <laughs> then there is <laughs> tower of london records i don't understand uh, this one well like, I, I i think it's, it's tower just, records is like a, mm-hmm. a recording company right but what yeah tower of london is like isn't that like the torture chamber or is that a reference to Hunchback and Notre Dame? I think it's... I don't know. Actually, if you're listening right now and you know more <laughs> about history than us, tell us why it's the Tower of London records. I think the Tower of London has some sort of historical significance. <laughs> Maybe it's the Hunchback and Notre Dame. But, um, but it doesn't have fairy tale significance. I, mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, say, I feel like saying Tower of London brings it too much into the real world. Yeah. L- London, I didn't understand but, this one at all. But I... You know, I was kind of hoping you would know. <laughs> um, but they have it there. So maybe that's a shout out. Maybe anyone who's listening, let us know. Please. Um, then they continue. Lethal Arrow 4 was a uh, poster in there, obviously. Which, a- like, I feel like they wouldn't make that joke now just because there is a show called Arrow. So, like, I don't know. It doesn't fit quite as well. well lethal well, the, Arrow. When's, well, when's the last time uh, a Lethal Weapon movie came out? Well, there's the show, Lethal Weapon, out now. Oh, that's true. So maybe they would make the reference. I don't know. Um, and there was also Gap. Yeah, it was, like, it was like Gap Queen, wasn't it? I actually didn't see it. I it like blurred by quickly. I just jotted it down. I paused it and wrote it down. I think it was Gap Queen. Do you, does that make, mean anything, Gap Queen? Uh, isn't there like a subsection of Gap that's something? Banana Republic. Or no, that's actually there, like a There was a Banana Republic in there, too. Did you see that one? I didn't. Was it just called Banana Republic? It's called Banana Kingdom, which I also think <laughs> is super lazy. That's that's super lazy. But I'm willing to forgive all these all these lazy references because it is very much in the background. It'd be different if they were like, "Ooh, look," you know. But there's mm. you're, you're showing up to far, far away for the first time, and like you're kind of taking it in with the characters. And and there's a lot going on too. The, the people in the streets are all like, "Whoa, look! It's the." Yeah, the princess yeah. and stuff. So the so, onion carriage, right? Yeah. So I, I I'll give it a pass on some of the because some of these are good too. Some of them uh, are are good. I like Farbucks. I yeah. like Versarchery, even though I didn't get it right at first. <laughs> so another one that I definitely didn't notice until this watch through was in Fiona's bedroom. She had a bunch of posters up, and one of them was 
Stonehenge. And it was like a rock band, like rocking out at Stonehenge, implying that that's what Stonehenge was originally built for to be a venue. Did you, did you awesome. see this? I saw it, but I didn't, I didn't get it. I was like, is that a band thing? Stonehenge for- would be a, a cool band name, though. It would be, and I and I think that's just the thing because the whole the whole um, as far as I know, the whole argument is like, what? Why did they build Stonehenge? Like, where did they get the rocks? You know, there's all this mystery. Yeah, and, yeah. And and I think Shrek makes the argument that it's a uh, a venue, a rock and roll venue, or maybe or, or maybe it's a band. But, I agree. Um, I'll okay. That. So um, then at the Poison Apple Saloon, which is uh, yeah, a fairy tale reference in the name itself, but Good. the headless horseman was there drinking by pouring drinks just down into his his torso. And he burps out half it. Gosh. Like, yeah. <laughs> and later on, when uh, when they're run, when they're uh, like much later on, when Shrek yeah. and Donkey hear the the king's conversation, you see outside the headless horseman is doing a um, sobriety test where he's like <laughs> he's touching his finger to his non-existent nose. <laughs> And there's two knights there next to him, like <gasps> uh, facilitating the test. I thought that was hilarious. very, that very, hilarious. yeah. It's just a real short snippet before they cut to the next scene. Um, and obviously the um, there's a frog at the bar that asks the king, it's like if she knows him, right? Because he used to be a frog, right? And you don't know that yet. Yeah. So there was a there was a couple of good frog references. Um, I I really like that that part of the story. I think that's something that's kind of overlooked. I guess. I mean, I don't have conversations about Shrek 2 every day in my life, but if I did, I would always bring up the, the King's storyline. I always thought that was really cool. Like, he was a frog, he was a frog prince, then he got kissed by a princess, and now he's, like, the king. I don't know how that happened. You know, no, was there an election? I, I think, no, I think maybe he, uh, he, di- he didn't get the kiss. I think that the fairy godmother made him human. And that no, but, but, is how okay. he got the wife. Okay, but there's this reference, right? There's this reference that from his uh, his wife. His wife says, "Remember, like we were walking down the, by the lily ponds, and they were in bloom." And he's like, uh, "Our first kiss." That's gotta be a reference to her I kissing know. him as a frog. I agree, but w- at what point does the fairy godmother's uh, like, "I gave probably, you your happily ever after"? Probably, maybe maybe probably. she gave him the power to turn into a human if he got yeah. kissed. Yeah, yeah, that's gotta be it. I'm just trying to remember, did, did, but Lillian... she has the other. She has the other potion that like is also kiss based. All, all the potions are kiss based. Well, I don't know how that makes any sense. <laughs> well, she's like Cupid, you know. It's, it's like a game to her, you know, to make yeah. people. But no, but hold on, because when uh, when Harold turns yep. into a frog and Lillian picks him up, he's like, "I hope you'd never see me like this." Implying... He said that to F- to Fiona and Shrek. No, didn't he say that to? No, he said he was. Uh, he was facing the camera. He was. And the wife immediately recognized him. Okay, well, I I have to concede then because I at I thought he was talking to Lillian, but okay, fair enough. What were you getting at? Lillian at the too, like Lily Pond? Oh, we're talking about. Uh, oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the frog that recognized him. But yes, uh, in the, that was in the I'm gonna have to look at that scene again. But I guess that does make sense. Um, anyway, also in the bar, in there the was a uh, sign. yeah, yeah, in the bar they had some signs up behind the bar. Uh, which actually made sense because it's a bar. They said no one under XXI served. Uh, obviously, another medieval reference of Roman numerals. Um, Pretty good. <laughs> we reserve the right to behead anyone. Was another one there. Uh, and then right above, like the door that you go into to have private meetings, which I guess is a normal thing at this bar, mm-hmm. is uh, it said no skin, no bones, no service. Just 
you know, with the clientele they had in that bar, I guess that's a it kind yeah, of makes it. It no almost seems then. well. I get yeah, it kind of makes it seem a little bit uh, bigoted, maybe. Yeah. And like, uh, <laughs> what about skeletons? Yeah. <laughs> what about spooky boys? It's October right now. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Um, but anyways. <laughs> On Fiona's, above Fiona's bed, there's a poster of Sir Justin. It's very clearly Justin Timberlake. I like that a lot. That thought Dude, was funny. <laughs> how nice is that? If you're Justin Timberlake and they're like, hey, they yeah. put you in Shrek. Like, <laughs> Shrek it's like a heartthrob. Yeah. Like that's a, that's, that's a high praise right there. Yeah. Uh, while they're going through the spells really quickly as uh, uh, Puss is climbing up the shelves and trying to find the spells. He finds toadstool softener, which is that's pretty low hanging fruit. But then they also have <laughs> alpha seltzer and hex lax. Great, I thought that was great. <laughs> like very cheesy. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but uh, I thought that was a good inclusion there. Uh, sure. When when Shrek passes out, it turns into a human, and he wakes up. Uh, she this uh, woman says to him i fetched you a pail of water and then later on in the conversation you find out her name is jill uh, oh which i my think is god like, that's like, really good <laughs> and, and it's well executed too she didn't say like i'm jill i brought you a pail of water like she never would have got that yeah exactly really <laughs> and uh but it, and, and like the the pail of water itself serves a purpose because it's the first time shrek sees his own, sees his own reflection so yeah. just masterfully executed comedy right there <laughs> <laughs> firing all cylinders that's right uh so um also another thing we saw in far far away when we get back there is they had the far far away postal service the ffaps which has the same kind of logo as the actual uh ups ups uh, no not ups um uh, usps oh okay the uh, united states postal service uh and then one of my favorite references was knights oh yeah <laughs> when they're when the fairy tale creatures that are watching shrek's house which by the way dude classic shrek comedy to have them uh they're like, we'll watch your house till you get back. And then they all run inside and instantly it's like, oh, freak out. And they're like, they start partying immediately. <laughs> it's like, no regard for that. Yeah. I don't know why Trick Swap is such a great place to party, but it always is. <laughs> why? Like, where's that music coming from? They don't have boom boxes. And they, they probably do. That was so, like, ah, uh, that's. Shrek's got a kick, uh, kick-ass uh, sound system in there. And, and what's funnier than, like, a, a squad of, like, fairy tale creatures that like to get down like that. Like, they have, the, like, the three pigs, the, the big bad wolf, like, Pinocchio, who's always the butt of every joke. <laughs> um, Gingerbread man and the three blind mice. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Like, what a, what a solid squad. And, and, and like, a tasteful amount of them like yeah. we got to enough to enjoy them but not in, to the point where they're like distracting us from the, the main story in fact they come in clutch and help save the day um yeah. but the reason that they do that is because they're watching the uh entertainment channel and they see the far far away uh like gala or whatever being broadcast and uh they see a promotion for they see a commercial for night like tonight on nights which, which i didn't is- know was a live thing like <laughs> Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like tonight on nights. Here's what's happening literally right now, and uh, and obviously they make a OJ reference with the we got a white Bronco heading yeah, through the forest. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> is, that's that's clever. Um, the, instead of pepper spray, they have a pepper grinder that they grind into their eyes, which is hilarious too. Yes. Um, and then. I don't. I, I didn't know where this was going, but when uh, Puss in Boots is getting held down, he's like, uh, "You capitalist pig dogs!" Throwing mm. in a little bit of uh, his 
anti-capitalist sentiment, I guess, which is a, a lot to say for someone who hi- kills for a living, for so- someone who is a hired killer. Yeah. Uh, but um, well, they find some catnip on him. Which it, yeah, which is funny, too. Um, so I, I all that was, I thought was some of the best uh, like that. That was one of the higher tier memorable references from uh, from. This I movie. agree. That's that's a really entertaining part. That's something that stands out to me. I always look forward to it. All right, and and uh, just to kind of cap this whole references conversation, kind of the way we began, um, it's Shrek doesn't just make references to pop culture. Shrek also references itself. Yep. Uh, and if you didn't watch the first one, you wouldn't understand this reference when the catapult hits uh, Mongo right in the gumdrop button, and it falls off, and you hear Gingy go, "No, not the gumdrop." button and he's yeah. like so hurt by that which is obviously a reference to the torture scene from the first movie which yeah was, yeah well that was dark in the first one <laughs> it was kind of dark the torture scene like, yeah but he's a ginger red man so it's okay he can break him up make <laughs> new ones he didn't have legs how did he get his legs back uh, yeah i guess they baked him back on like so which makes the, what farquad did a little less brutal but farquad literally crushes his legs in the dust in front of him which i was like dang i don't remember it being this dark but uh farquad is just a uh he's a savage in every yep. capacity sure is yeah so like that that reference to gumdrop buttons okay so do you want to talk about some of your favorite quotes yes so um I think yours is a better quote quote, like a memorable quote. So we'll, we'll go ahead and start with yours. Yeah, I didn't really didn't have any like good. Usually I try to pick something that kind of summarizes the whole movie or like kind of hits you with the theme of this movie or something interesting about it. I didn't really have anything for this movie, honestly, like I went through, watched the whole thing. And I was like, there's something in here that stands out to me is like really, really like interesting. I, there is one part where, he ta- where Shrek is talking to the fairy godmother, but it's not like a super good quote. You know, it's just kind of her manipulating him. So. My, but so my quote was you think I am kind of <laughs> fear me if you dare hey look a little cut which I think is hysterical I mean it, it kind of encapsulates uh, Puss in Boots really well just because he's supposed to be really threatening but he really isn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> he, can, he can kind of turn it on and off and it's like fear me if you dare it's like like fear is an, is a involuntary reaction like <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, yeah, his reputation kind of precedes him, Puss in yep. Boots. He's known as like the only person who could kill an ogre, but he doesn't even come close to that. No, he's like he hawks up a hairball and that's it. Like one tiny setback and he's done. Which that's great cat comedy right there. Yep. Having him hot, hot. Like they they really do capitalize on the cat comedy in the, uh, with Puss in Boots, like making him act like a real life cat. That's the best. I like that stuff. That's what makes uh, Bojack Horseman so hilarious. Yes. As well when the animals actually act like animals. Just, yeah, quick note on Bojack Horseman. I just finished season five. It's great. Uh, Definitely, if you haven't seen it, watch it. But also, I thought that I would get tired of the Bojack Horseman animal references quickly. No. No. They kill it. Every time. Yeah. (laughs) Even well into season five, there's still hilarious animal comedy, um, and it works well. So, shout outs, Bojack Horseman. Uh, But anyways, my uh, favorite... It's not necessarily a quote as much as it's just interesting dialogue. Um, and it's, I, I, I just, I, I like the way that they, uh, this movie can, it, it can progress the plot while also being interesting for people who don't, you know, younger audiences by hmm. show, by the way that they present it. Uh, so first, uh, let's listen to this exchange. Ah, uh, 
Why don't you guys go ahead? I'll park the car. So, <laughs> you still think this was a good idea? Of course. Look, Mom and Dad look happy to see us. Who on earth are they? I think that's our little girl. That's not little. That's a really big problem. Wasn't she supposed to kiss Prince Charming and break the spell? Well, he's no Prince Charming, but they do look... Happy now? We came, we saw them. <laughs> now let's go before they light the torches. <laughs> They're my parents. Hello, they locked you in a tower. Hey, that was for my own... Good! Now here's our chance. Let's go back inside and pretend we're not home. Harold, we have to be... Quick, while they're not looking, we can make a run for Sh it. Shrek, stop it! Everything's gonna be... A disaster! There is no way you can do this. But I really, really, really don't want to be here. But yeah, I think this is such this is such clever usage of dialogue. And honestly, upon further analysis, not everything that they say can possibly be said, especially towards the end where each person gets like one word in. It's like, what were you actually saying? Like if we kept the camera on you, what were you saying yeah. where you needed to say here at the end? But but anyways, it's well executed. It's it's entertaining. It it builds on the suspense of the moment where you're finally getting the the literal king and queen meeting with ogres like it's it's such a uh also can we talk about the um townspeople already having torches and pitchforks yes <laughs> these guys are ready <laughs> that's that's the anti-ogre sentiment that exists in this kingdom it's a problem it's a big it part is. of why shrek it's... is the way he is that's right it is so, uh, but yeah, it's that's a systematic problem. It can only be solved from the top down. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's a, uh, yes, vote for Shrek 2020. But You're down uh, with the uh, anti, nah, man, there's a joke here somewhere about patriarchy or something. <laughs> down with the humanarchy. Mm, yeah. I don't know. That's weak. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. The, uh, the adults will get it and the kids, it'll go right over their head. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but you know, and, and it continues. This this uh, entertaining line of dialogue continues into the next scene, the dinner scene, which is also a really memorable one, yep. because they don't just talk, right? They they show their emotions through their actions in the way that they eat, uh, mm. which ends up being so like w just way. That's why it's a movie, right? Because you could have a, d d a difficult conversation with your in-laws in real life, and it would just suck. But because it's in this movie, you get to do it. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, it is too soon to be talking about kids. Especially, uh, like, we don't know if you eat your young, and he's, like, yeah. slicing the lobster open. Like, it's so memorable. Yeah, uh, they, just, they kind of appear like they're restraining themselves, but you can tell they're really, like, struggling. The thing I like about both of these scenes a lot is how it really showcases the similarities between shrek and the dad yeah um, and that kind of comes together at the end when you learn that you know he used to be a frog and you know he's kind of dealing he's kind of projecting his own insecurity on shrek um which i think yeah which is makes this makes this whole movie more interesting um and yeah that's that's you know something that you wouldn't pick up on i guess unless you watched it more than once yeah um, because you wouldn't recognize that they are as similar until you saw their whole story play out Especially because they have their uh, significant others both there trying to calm them down in some yeah. capacity. And yeah, Donkey like, yeah, is just both, being Donkey. Both Fiona and the mom are both like super accepting of what's going on. You know, yeah. They're just like, oh, okay. I guess she's an ogre now. You know, like that, that's how things are. And, it's not a big deal. And furthering on this theme of like making fun of like pompous and like high society, they had uh, way too many forks and spoons and Shrek. Mm. Shrek. <laughs> 
Shrek drinks some of the water and she's like, Shrek. He's like, oh, yeah. Great soup, Mrs. Q. <laughs> <laughs> And the donkey actually so knows yeah, what to do with that. <laughs> Everyone else is putting their hands in it. You know, uh, I like that scene so much because it reminds me of something I've actually done in real life. No, yeah, that's the thing. It's so relatable to like the average dude who doesn't doesn't know all the like the rules <laughs> to yeah, that kind that's of. That's a confusing bowl. That's not his fault. Yeah, like. <laughs> Especially when Shrek is used to Shrek has his own fine dining. If you remember to Shrek one, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's uh, you know it's its own thing, and and I I like super memorable scene, and that's early in the movie too. So still, it's still trying to earn your attention at that point. And at that once you've reached that dinner scene, it, it's running on all cylinders. And Shrek is uh, Shrek is running is it is what you remember from Shrek one. This just uh, that is uh, that is peak movie. Shrek, I would say. Yes, peak Shrek. Um, so let's continue into our. Uh, we must go deeper portion of the show yes. where we kind of ex- let's go a little deeper yes and we'll explore some uh, some other ideas so i'm gonna go first okay and honestly i i kind of got this idea through watching shrek one but i think it extends through shrek two and it's kind of this idea of things are not always as they appear okay. uh, and you get that kind of literally through uh fiona being a princess but also turning into an ogre um or through the king who looks like a human but he's actually a frog and all that um but it's 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 all based around shrek shrek isn't what he appears to be he's this disgusting green weird looking ogre i mean he's got the weird ears even um he's weird to look at and and i think that is why Shrek is remembered, or at least in meme culture, Shrek is represented mm. the way he is because he does objectively look ridiculous. Um, and <laughs> and you're right. It, that's this movie's task is to take that this ridiculous looking character and to make him uh, to give him uh, you know humanity to yeah. endear him to you <clears throat> in a way that makes it possible for you to just completely forget the outward image of Shrek. Um, and I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's really that spot on, but the whole ogres have layers, uh, comment, he, yeah. it's really Shrek has layers on the outside, on the exterior. He's this hardened, disgusting monster that his, you know, has societal pressures. Obviously people are always terrified when they see him and that's going to make you act a certain way. But Shrek even says it. He says that, uh, people they don't understand him. They just draw conclusions by looking at him. And and I really, I think the, the peak of this message is uh, the evening scene in Shrek 1 where mm. Donkey and Shrek, well, they, they they put Fiona in the cave. They find a place for her to camp for the night. And then Shrek starts to move the rock back. And Donkey's like, Shrek! And he's like, oh, I'm not gonna... I was just joking. Like, I thought that was hilarious. But then they're they're having this earnest conversation and and Donkey is asking Shrek about the stars and he's being annoying. Uh, But this is the first time in Shrek 1 where Donkey's actually being annoying with a purpose. He's digging into Shrek. He wants to find out what is beneath the layers, uh, what is beneath the the green, gross exterior. Um, And and they, and I keep using the word delivers, but they, they actually bring you this character who has depth and and he's uh he's more than just that scary ogre and and going way back to the beginning of this conversation where we were saying that it's counterculture and you're making the ogre the main character ooh you know that's the whole thing but i truly believe that this message of uh getting past their appearances is what makes this movie so great especially because fiona is inside the cave listening to this and she's on a quest 
to secure her beauty for the rest of her life. She needs to yeah. get back to Farquaad. She doesn't care who Farquaad is. As long as she gets the kiss before you know midnight, she uh, or before the sun goes down, she can stay beautiful. But she hears Shrek saying all this stuff, and um, it begins her growth as a character. She starts to become uh, who we eventually get to know Fiona as, as this person who uh, it's not as important to her to be yeah. her the physical appearance obviously shrek who as we've already established is ridiculous looking um is someone she can love and she even finds a way to love herself uh you know warts and all so um and and it's great because the way the movie builds up to that it's basically straight up silliness up to that point like we have donkey and shrek going on this crazy adventure going to the castle they you know all this crazy action too to escape all that but then we all of a sudden get this tender moment with actual deep meaning in front of a huge moon it's i i was blown away i, I was like yeah. whoa i don't i do not remember shrek being this meaningful um and then the next morning and I, I think this is just masterfully done the next morning we see fiona out in the forest and she's looking for food and she starts singing with the bird right and 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 you're at this point where you're like wow this, this is different this the movie's taking a turn is this now going to be a serious movie and fiona's singing with the bird which of course many princesses are known for uh being yeah classic princess thing so classic so classic and you're like whoa is this movie different is this not the movie i've been watching the whole time until she you know it's like and it's actually a pretty catchy tune and then she's it's this ridiculous high note and the bird tries to match it and it explodes and then they eat the eggs and you're like oh this this is the same movie this is still shrek <laughs> and um and i think that that sequence that whole part of it just can, encapsulates what makes shrek great um so f- for me that whole message of things are not as they appear is the best part about shrek it's what i'm gonna hold with me uh, after having watched these movies again yeah and i think um i think you're exactly right you know i think my comments about it being like the subversion doesn't like doesn't hook me in like that still holds true, but it's it's it is like that's not the hook for me. You know, the, like I've been saying over and over, it's the characters and it's Shrek's layers that really bring him depth. You know, there, there's that whole scene where he's uh he's they're on the bridge with he's on the bridge with Donkey in the first movie, and he's like scaring him, and then yeah. he realizes that then Donkey realizes he's on the other side. It's like that's just kind of Shrek's charm in a way. Is like he is kind of he's he's kind of a dick, but he's also like doing it in a way that shows he kind of cares too. And it's this hard outside exterior that he's always putting on. It's this mask that he hides behind. And it's, it's not really his fault. He's a kind of a product of his own environment. It's because the world rejects him over and over. It's because people come to his swamp with pitchforks and stuff. That's why he, he acts the way he does. And you get that. Like, it, it doesn't have to be explicitly said. I mean, there is that scene with, with Donkey. And it, you kind of get a hint at it. But it's really like just seeing him, you know, be kind of a grouch and everything but realizing that like he's really just insecure about this thing that like everyone tells him he should be insecure about it's uh it is kind of a it's the depth of shrek that really kind of makes this these movies stand out more than anything else yeah it's kind of makes me maybe not disappointed but it's it reminded me why shrek was great in the first place because if you i mean i can't imagine that kids now have any sort of respect for shrek uh they might run it roll across some uh, shrek is love shrek is life copy pasta and that could be the extent of their experience with him which i think is somewhat a shame i'm sure that they'll have their own kids movies that they grow to love for a lifetime but um but yeah, I, I, well, i'm glad i was reminded of how great he is that's kind of what i want to talk about actually okay so, yeah, yeah, okay 
Do you remember what, like, when you first said you wanted to do Shrek, do you remember what my reaction was? Not exactly. I, I probably just kind of groaned. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, Shrek, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I was like thinking about it, I was like, why, why is that my reaction? You know, how did the culture shift toward our kind of like love-hate of Shrek? You know, there's, when you say, when you say Shrek to someone who's like, who goes like, who frequents Reddit, for example. Yeah. You, know, you get kind of a different reaction than necessarily people who, who saw it, you know, as adults when it first came out. The pe- people who grew up with Shrek kind of have this weird relationship with it. And I kind of dove into to maybe to why. I found this interesting article written on The Atlantic by a guy named David Sims. And he says that, um, he has a quote, it says, everything that was initially exciting and then quickly patronizing. That's what Shrek represents. It's, uh, it's a symbolic of so many things we briefly loved before quickly realizing their emptiness. And it's like this kind of idea of the 2000s. Uh, like All Star, the song All Star kind of represents this perfectly. <laughs> it's like, it's a song that we all jammed out to, we all loved in the 2000s, and now we all kind of like cringe when we remember how much we loved it. Like, <laughs> and like, I don't know, that, I mean, that song is, is, still has some good moments and stuff. It's just like the whole, whole culture has kind of shifted toward it being a meme it being like just kind of awful for because it is like there's not like a reason or anything and like shrek is kind of in that same situation but i think it's kind of like further than that it's like because shrek is postmodern, but it's also it has this classic feel to it right it's set in this classic feeling like classic setting it has all of this fairy tale stuff going on with it but it's not it doesn't go far enough with it it's not like it's like gross but in like a funny way you know it's not it's not so subversive that it's like taking everything so like super seriously or or something like that you know it's not it's not uh totally destroying the fairy tale genre it's more of a like a light parody in a right way. it's it's not so subversive that it's unappealing right so yeah because it appeals to everyone um which i think makes it ripe for ruining um it's it's like this thing that's yeah, it's cause it's cause of Shrek. Shrek himself, just like you said, is kind of a weird looking. It's kind of a gross looking weird guy, which me and like just that objectively is is makes it easy to put him in kind of weird situations. But then to have it be such a well known thing, also makes it like the target of much ridicule. You know, there's a quote also from the article from a guy named Alan Hansen. He said a lot of Shrek content is him making awful faces being really leery children's movies and fairy tales are already inherently very dark and shrek is on its own on its own is uh tries on its own to show an even darker side of that so it's almost a natural progression to get into the real swamp of shrek the drek as they say okay <laughs> the the drek as i understand it i could not find much about this is the anti-swamp oh. so if, if shrek is love drek is everything that's not shrek slash love so like, uh, the code words of of the uh, the Brogers, as they're known, fans of Shrek, uh, similar to Bronies but Shrek related. Um, <laughs> according to their own words, like your your own personal space, your apartment is your swamp, and it's something that you're comfortable with, something you're very familiar with, even if it's nece- like it may be gross to other people. Like, it's your own comfort zone and stuff. So anything that's Anything that's outside of that, anything that's like your anti-comfort zone, yeah. Anything that would be Drek. That would be the the opposite. Sure. So 
yeah, I think this all kind of flows together. Like, Shrek is this common memory, right? It's this big tentpole movie. There's this huge the cultural phenomenon. It was the number two, it's the number two biggest uh, animated movie domestically um, ever. Like, it sold, it, it's huge. The only thing that ever beat it was uh, Finding Dory, which came out in 2016. So it held that title for, what, 12 years? Um, well deserved. The, the number one spot it is. And it's the number one, number 11th biggest animated movie in the world of all time. Um, so wait, just to like, be clear, number two animated movie of all time? In, domestically. Uh, domestically? Okay. Yeah. And it's, uh, and the first one won an Oscar. You know, it, it's, it's huge. It's this big thing everyone knows about. Um, but it's also weird, right? Shrek himself is strange. The things that happen in the movie are strange. So it's, it's like, you take that out of context, you, you take something that's familiar, but you kind of twist it a little bit, and then it just adds to it. And like we were saying earlier, like, Shrek has all these layers to him, so do the memes. The memes just kind of build on each other, and that, I, I think that's what it is. Like, you see the, the Shrek stuff, not necessarily because it's something inherently about Shrek, as much as it is, is that it's popular, it was weird, and there's also a lot to go with it. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you think about some of these, like, Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Maybe that's taking the, like, that copy pasta. Maybe mm. that's taking the positive message of Shrek, like, to an extreme degree. Yeah. Uh, to the point where it's ridiculous. Um, but also, like, have you seen the, do you ever just blank to flex on people that don't blank? It's, it's literally mm. a, like, white box, right? So just whiteness. And a little Shrek in the bottom right it's just shrek's head and it's like poorly animated so it doesn't look exactly like him but you can tell it's shrek yeah and it, and it you just it, you just company with it like for instance it's like do you ever do you ever just speed walk to flex on old people like you know like and why is that shrek you know but it's just the image that accompanies with it you you understand it's shrek i know who shrek is you know who shrek is it, he looks silly in this little image you know yeah. and it's like it's that point where yeah it, it is something that we've all a common uh, memory for all of us so then that makes it relatable and that makes it a big meme exactly i mean it's the same reason that like spongebob is so meme worthy it, yes there's a lot of there's a lot of content everyone knows spongebob it's very recognizable and and yeah that i mean i think shrek falls into that exact same category it's just it's just weird enough and there's enough depth there that things can just kind of build and build and build and build until it's totally unrecognizable and now we have now we're in the post post shrek age or whatever we were in so <laughs> yeah no i do measure time by uh where we are in relation to shrek well the so, new uh, there's, a, there's a scheduled to be a puss in boots movie coming out this year and a shrek 5 coming out next year so you're kidding i'm not uh, kidding i wish i it was oh, see here's the thing i actually i kind of want to watch shrek the third after having seen these two just i to, saw that one in theaters just to um yes i did too but i remember being like disappointed um actually i'm not sure about shrek the see i can't remember if it was shrek the third or what was it forever after shrek quattro (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that was when they were trying to uh appeal to the international audience they they weren't they weren't satisfied domestic they made shrek quattro and he's like esto es mi pantano (laughs) that's that's shrek saying this is my swamp i know it's what it, is. <laughs> it couldn't be anything else <laughs> but anyways um I, well what do you think I, I think that they um got to a point where they and again this is my kid opinion i haven't seen it in a long time but mm. I, I felt like they got to a point where they weren't returning the same quality and they were just it was a cash grab at that point i i completely agree it's yeah it, it event like just like you were, you were saying earlier this movie the second one i mean 
it felt deserved. It felt like we have more to say. There's a whole universe, there's a whole world of Shrek that we haven't explored yet. There's all these ideas that maybe we didn't even get to use that we wanted to in the first one that we can use in the second one. That's, that's almost how it feels, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it almost feels like an extension because it almost picks up exactly where the last one left off. Yep. And um, the third one, like, I literally don't remember. I remember King Arthur's in it. I don't remember anything else about it. The fourth one has time travel. And when you're, when you're non-time travel franchise resorts to time travel that's kind of a bad sign i yeah. love time travel i love time travel movies i love them to death even the bad ones but it that's a sign you're running out of ideas <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if i uh if i really want to go that far but the fact that they're making new ones ah that kind of blows my mind still like that this feels extremely cash grabby um but maybe an excuse for the newer generation to go back and watch shrek one and shrek two um very quickly before we wrap up i want to go back to your um what were they called brogers yeah 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 (laughs) um so they're saying that your swamp is like your place but and it's like it's your even if it's gross and unliked by others Mm. is that supposed to be some sort of like incel community where they're like i live in my own garbage but like i i'm proud of it you know i uh i i can only assume there's some crossover between the two well i I think it's like i think it's more like a state of mind than it is anything at least that's kind of the idea i got i just think that that's uh missing the point of shrek because like Mm. we said at the beginning shrek wants to be at his swamp but he spends almost no time there at yeah. least in our experience with him, because he's always out there, uh, you know, becoming a better person and going on adventures. So I think the brogers maybe should think about doing the same. Um, allow me to quickly judge them without even knowing them at all. <laughs> but here's something that I do know well. It's this movie, and now it's time for us to judge it. So, um, mm. Joey, go ahead and give us your rating. Okay, let me see. I have, uh, I'm giving this movie Till Midnight. <laughs> why is it always till midnight <laughs> i um i give this movie two renaissance wraps and one medieval meal from friar's fat boy are you, get, are you getting the battle axe too oh yeah uh, it, this comes with the medieval meal that's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff this movie ruined my diet i'll tell you that uh, okay um what movie are we doing next? So next we will be watching Phantom of the Opera, a uh, another musical. We're right back to it. Uh, this was also a uh, submitted movie. We got tweeted at on Twitter. Um, so we do listen to our comments. This We're keeping our 100% uh, response rate and making another episode quickly about uh, a movie that was requested by our audience. So keep them coming, please. Uh, we love to get an engaged audience. So next up, yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Go ahead and pop it in the old VHS if you're trying to uh, get a refresher before you hear us talk about it. Yes, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Have you seen it before, Joey? Uh, no. Me neither. So. <laughs> oh, dude, that's cool. We're, we're both going to be first timers on this one. But, uh, but all right, well, we'll talk about that next time. Uh, so for Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening. Hey, thanks for listening to Affable Chat. You can find us on iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast app. If you want to help us grow the podcast, share it, rate us five stars, and or write us a review. It really helps. Have a comment about something we said? Tweet at us at AffableChat or write us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. Check the description for links to any of the outside topics we discussed. And once again, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.